I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm whispering. And the reason why I'm kind of whispering is... I'm in Hannah's parents' house, and the podcast is going up a little late, and I have an excuse. But first, before I give my excuse, can I just say that on today's app, we have a great chat with Steve and Enya Martin. People who don't know Enya Martin, she uh, she blew up with videos online with uh, characters better known as Gives a Laugh. And we chat to her about the whole world of online content, uh, becoming a big name outside the traditional stand-up comedy road, and just funny Irish stuff. Now, I am aware that we have a lot of new listeners from America, and today's episode is quite Irish. So for you guys, at the end of the episode, I am going to talk a bit on my own about the fact that Hannah moved in this week so you guys get something too but before i introduce the episode let me just say that i'm whispering because i drove to shelter island because hannah records uh bravo's chat room hannah for irish listeners hannah has a new tv show called bravo's chat room that films remotely but it films at her parents house And I was just supposed to drop her off yesterday. But then she asked if I wanted to stay for dinner. I said, yes, I'd stay for dinner. But they have a lot of cats. And I'm allergic to cats. Now, it's never that big of a deal. However, for whatever reason, yesterday was just... You know, I just had a little bit more reaction than normal. So I went to the supermarket. But they didn't have Claritin. They only had Benadryl. So I took a Benadryl. But I only took one. And I was like so drowsy from it that I said, after dinner, I said, let me just have a half hour nap before I drive back. And I never woke up. So now it's 5, 10 a.m. I'm in Hannah's parents' kitchen doing a muted intro to the episode, which is coming up now. But stay tuned Uh, after the chat with the lads. I'll be back to talk a little bit about somebody moving into your house after only meeting them three months ago. It's on. Um, Like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Okay. We're, 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 we're on, yo. So, Anya, I was, I was cutting you off there because uh, you were starting to talk about, you were starting to talk about your life and I was freaking out. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I forgot I was on this to talk about my life. <laughs> no, no, but I'll tell you what. So first of all, it's Anya Martin. Uh, why are you, you, so you're working in a gym. 
Yeah, I do a part time. I actually only started during the pandemic um, just to kind of earn an extra few bob. And it was something that I liked as well. So, yeah, why not? You know, because I don't I can't actually perform. And uh, well, I kind of can now. But back during like the height of lockdown, I couldn't really do anything. And the gyms were open. So and I actually did that course last September back before COVID even existed. So I was delighted I had that as a backup plan. <laughs> so, wait, so, so, so you did a, like a personal training course or just like a gym management course? Uh, personal training yeah so I work in like a private gym so it's not like a commercial gym um so like someone owns it and like classes and stuff ha- classes and stuff happen there and then I can actually have my own clients and train them there too oh really wow cool she's You're- fucking mm-hmm. ripped now as well yeah if you gotta, if you gotta- so no because it's a honestly it surprises me because they're polar opposites <laughs> well no but also to me I feel like you were blown up yeah and then COVID came along and I think everyone was in the same boat I mean like I was in the same boat as Ricky Gervais like you know like none of us could do anything um yeah but Ricky Gervais Gervais not working in a fucking gym right now yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's like a millionaire in this fucking helicopter uh but yeah I, I just I'm like one of these people that I have to have a backup plan like I can't just sit back and not do anything but also kind of think as well like what happens if this is around for a really long time and I can't perform for a really long time like I have to find another way to generate income and I mean I do kind of make money off branded videos online but like very like seldom sometimes it's a feast or a famine so I just yeah I just didn't want to kind of take any chances but I actually really like I would have thought I would have thought gyms were kind of like also low down the list like potential problems in the future for the gym industry if this keeps going yeah, but see, everybody's after putting on the COVID stone. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> <they're doing. laughs> I've actually lost, I've lost weight because I'm in New York. I've been playing beach volleyball every day. So I'm actually like in the best shape of my oh, life. Oh, don't rub it in. Beach volleyball. I actually seen a meme the other day and it was like, do you know what? This pandemic has been so long. I got in shape and then I got out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve has gone for a backup plan too. Steve's going back to school. I go back to school and yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Why? Yeah, supposed to be well, because I never went in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to school was incorrect. <laughs> no, I'm doing like a, an access course, like to go to like university and do. It's the same as yourself to, to do something like I do the odd bit, bits and pieces of like voiceover work or the odd bit of acting work here and there. But like it's also the same thing. It's all up in the air. I'd rather be getting up in the morning and doing something with my day, you know. Yeah. oh like a routine yeah definitely 100 yeah. percent. because at the moment i just drop my daughter to school and i pick her up and that's kind of it <laughs> you know so um you gotta take your time with that steve it's like why are we going this way it's like it's longer <laughs> yeah 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 because <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to see your mother for another what's wrong with mommy nothing <laughs> <laughs> nobody understands yeah, but that's it. We're all the three of us are in the same boat. I mean, we're doing this, we're doing podcasts. If people say that, you know, you're doing stuff online, it's like, yeah, but like it's not this, it's not the same. I I did two shows just the weekend gone. No, sorry, uh, the weekend before I did my first two live shows since February, and only 45 people could attend. It was in Kilkenny and it was in Waterford. 
And I had to do two one-hour shows in each venue to basically make it worth my while um, mm-hmm. with no interval. So it was just like an hour straight. So, you know, like people couldn't mingle or anything. Um, drink wasn't served. So it was like 45 people in a 350-seat venue. Like it was horrible because it was like, imagine actually being a comedian and only this many people turned up to your show. Don't make the piss out of me. <laughs> fucking hell. 45 that's a fucking full house i've 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 done that i've done i've done it man i've done i've done big venue you know early part of my career big venue nobody there or like australian tour where like the promoter booked way too big a venue canberra australia like 35 people in a venue that size i've been there like it's it's awful and you know i wouldn't mind if i had have been in a smaller venue like a club or something like that because it would actually the room would be much smaller and the laugh would sound louder but yeah, they were a good audience now. Both both audiences were really nice, and um, you know, they laughed when they had to laugh and stuff. But yeah, I, I, it was very strange, especially being so used to performing in front of like full rounds and stuff like that. It was really, really bizarre, and it, it was kind of mentally exhausting as well because you're trying to keep up the energy, um, as if it was sold out, as if it was a full room, and you're just playing forty five people. Like it was a bit weird. But look, okay, that's well- the way it's gonna be. Well, this brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you later, but I'm going to ask you now because yeah. the your generation of performers, right? They've they've come to the live part of the the performance stuff in a very different way to the way say I did, right? So the experience that you had was essentially the first five years of my comedy career. I would often have that experience that you just had small amount of people in a big room it's a big part of the early part of my story that's how you come up (laughs) but no but i like listening to you because you actually started live performing because you had an audience from your videos am i correct or do i need to be corrected yeah that was one of the advantages i had i had built an audience online um, and i like it was like yeah i didn't come up the traditional route so i started um where people would usually kind of their second part of the career would end up on TV, where that, and I know I didn't end up on TV, but I started on TV, like, well, online, and then moved to the stage where it's usually the other way around, isn't it? Well, not anymore. I mean, you're having a very normal experience, and I'm, and under no circumstances I'm being critical of it. I just was entertained by the fact that you were having pretty much for the first time the small amount of people in a big room experience, which is very common for, like, a stand-up in the 90s or the early 2000s. I know like it was it's really bizarre because like I said I developed an audience online so I mean like the first tour I ever done like I I sold it out because I had been doing the videos for about two years and I built up an audience so like I I think I done my first show in the Civic Theatre in Tala Dublin and I think it's around know your know your audience know your audience (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) go ahead sorry Civic Theatre is 350 yeah, 350. 385 or something, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I did two nights there, like, straight away, and, like, tickets were in demand and stuff, and I was, like, gobsmacked, like, I was so gobsmacked. Um, so, and then when I would actually do clubs in town, like, at some of the, the first show I ever done, well, the first gig I ever done um, was in Pop the Cherry in Wheelands. Um, the guy, Dwayne, I think his name is, he kept at me, at me. He was like, would you not um, come in and do a five-minute set? And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, stand no like I'm just quite happy with the videos and I eventually twisted my arm and I was like all right like what have I got to lose like now five minutes felt like a lifetime when you're up there for the first time 
Um, but now, like, I'm doing an hour show, and I'm like, Jesus, that flew in, didn't it? <laughs> so, so, so when you when you did that five minutes, had you already done your own show, or that was actually before that? That was literally my first ever show, and I remember like Dave McSavage was the headliner that night, and uh, I was like, they always kind of have a slot for a beginner. And I remember like after I done it, I had people come up to me after and they were like, oh my God, like you would never think that was your first time and stuff. So that kind of like egged me on. And I remember I actually wasn't that like nervous. I felt like when I was waiting backstage, I was like, this is what I, uh, this is what I actually want to do. This is something I actually enjoy. Like, why would I be nervous? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And do, do you think how much, cause, cause like actually my, my girlfriend is, had a similar experience in that she kind of had an audience before she started doing stand up. <laughs> Uh, do you think that some of the video prep and just doing the videos and thinking about the videos and thinking about them being funny, do you think that actually is a bit of a, 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 a it's not like when you get on stage, you're getting on stage for the first time. Do you think there's some crossover in terms of the skill? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like if I don't put up a video at least once a week, I feel a lot of pressure on me um, because I feel like, Okay, I still need to stay relevant. I feel like you know when topical things are happening, and I'm not and I'm not making a video about them. Sometimes, like I just don't have um, any ideas for that particular event, and I feel like have I let my fans down and stuff. Like I'm such an overthinker, but there's that there's that side of it, and then the other side of it is when you actually upload a video, you get like those butterflies before you go on stage because you're like, is this just gonna flop or is it gonna go viral? Is it gonna just be in the middle? And sometimes when it does really well, like you're on such a high for the rest of the day and you're like, oh, well, all that paid off. And then when it does kind of shit, you're like, oh, back to the drawing board. <laughs> you feel like you need to make another video just as quick. Yeah, it's a very different experience, the whole online thing. I mean, I came, I came to it late, but it is, it, it is a very different like, experience, like different pressures. Like you're, you're dealing with stuff in the early part of career. We, like, well, certainly I never had to deal with. But I, I, I do think, though, that when you get on stage for the first time, like you did, I don't really feel like it's getting on stage for the first time because I do feel like there's certain aspects of making the videos that is like a show, even though there's no mm. audience. 100%. I mean, there's a lot of people online who make videos and there's no punchlines in the videos. And, you know, it's just kind of like relatable, if you know what I mean. But with my videos, I always want to be putting in punchlines and one-liners and jokes because they're the things that people remember after they switch off. And when you go to the comment section, they're the things that people quote, they're quoting your jokes, etc. rather than just being like, oh my God, that happened to me too, you know? So, yes. and then, yeah, like, so when they come to the show, they know they're going to actually get jokes that, okay, she can actually write material. So, I just, I, I just think like in that sense, it's nearly like a preview, if you know what I mean, before people come to see me live. <laughs> yeah, and and it's worth the live is worth a while, right? Like it's a, it's. it's a oh yeah, show. and you know what? Like I, I'm doing a live stream now in Ratout, the venue theatre Ratout. Um, it's the first time I've ever done it, and it's um, it's great for like the kind of situation for people who don't like leaving their homes and stuff during this kind of pandemic, but. I mean, people are going to get to see me for the first time from abroad who haven't got, I haven't been abroad with the show or anything like that. And I do feel that you can get away with saying certain things on stage than if you were to say it online in a video because, you know, what the snowflakes are like in the currents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, but I feel... I, I, like why, why, Ireland, I feel like Ireland, Ireland should have its own... Karen, like Karen is not the right name for an Irish. Karen, aren't even Karen. No, like what's Jim. the one? What's the one from Clontarp? Like the the live line one? Isn't there like a name that the Apre match used to say for? Oh no, it was just a woman was on from Clontarp, was it? <laughs> yeah, it was just 
It was Joe, they used to take the piss out of Joe Duffy and like Anne Mary's aunt from Clontarf now or something. Yeah, yeah but what, yeah, well, I wonder what the Irish Karen should be. I don't know, is it a Grania or something? Is it, is it Grania? Grania? No. <laughs> we'll, have to think of, we'll have to think about that, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is that, you know, Karen is such a universal name. You, you know, in America, you're not worried about offending Karens, where like any of the names we just picked, one of my friends is going to be on to me like, what the fuck are you on about? Because it's just our little yeah. small. <laughs> can't pick fucking Dervla. She'll kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually have a character called Dervla that I do uh, like sometimes in videos and like literally just rip the piss out of the upper class the same way I rip the piss out of like working class people. You know, um, but yeah, it's just kind of taking the piss out of Apple. Like I said, I can get away with saying certain things on stage because it's not live. But this live stream coming up now, I feel like I'm going to have to just tweak it a little bit because you just don't know who's after buying a ticket and who's watching. Um, yeah, so I, I know like I'm, I'm very, very conscious when I'm making videos and stuff. OK, maybe I shouldn't say that because it'll be a bit backlash. And I'm very lucky that I haven't had to face any type of backlash like, you know, the PC brigade. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be a bit nervous now doing this live stream. I've had to take out like 45 racist jokes already, so it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I have Oh, fucking Twain, fucking Karen. Uh, <laughs> fucking Dervilas. <laughs> Dervilas are going to be all over you, man. <laughs> the Dervilas are going to be all over you. What was the name of that TV series that you shot and that you did on YouTube again? Because I was, I was watching that after we chatted the last time, and I was just like, you didn't, you didn't hold back there either, did you? <laughs> Oh my god! Did you actually watch that? Jesus, that seems I like a an episode. And I was like, "Fucking hell!" Showing it to my Portuguese missus, she goes, "Who are these people?" And I was like, "This is Dublin." <laughs> the amount of kids. It was called the one of the first characters I ever done with the videos. Um, was Shanto, and it was based Shanto, on a girl. That's right. <laughs> based on a girl who grew up around my area and I was friends with her on Facebook at the time and that that's how the video started because I would be just scrolling through my timeline and I would see these girls talking about their boyfriends right and they would go on like the sun shone out of their arse okay but they would be the <laughs> biggest scumbags going like you know and every second day they'd be breaking up with them and then you know every tour day they'd be getting back with them and they'd be the biggest hero in the world so I just decided to yeah, make a video about Shanto. We've done kind of a little web series about her as well. And looking back now, I was like, Jesus, how did we get away with that? It was full Actually, of what is drug deals and all that kind of crack. <laughs> proper <laughs> proper, proper Dublin, like proper gangster stuff, but yeah, comedy. Yeah. So, uh, so let me ask you this then. What, what is your background? Forgive me, you know, forgive me. I know you chatted to Steve before and hello, Steve-o, but I'm quite curious, like, what is your, what is your background? Like, your social class. Where are you coming from to be ripping the piss out of all these working class people? And you're <laughs> I'm from a place called Clendalkin in Dublin. So it's kind of like. I'm from a place called Clendalkin. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to here? <laughs> I'm from a place called Clendalkin. It was created in the 1960s to house the working class of Dublin, but it wasn't planned great. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Interrupted, Dev. <laughs> I, I always forget I'd be like maybe he doesn't know but I'll just say it anyway um, Clendalkin which fucking party from Neilstown fucking be yeah, honest about that guys. <laughs> got the thumbs up there <laughs> are you from Neilstown I actually am yeah alright well then you can take the piss out of fucking working class people all you want you're a survivor <laughs> you know what it is though like Neilstown there's an actual housing estate like neighbourhood called Neilstown but everyone just classes the whole area around Neilstown as Neilstown when it's not so it's the rough parts that class themselves from Neilstown. We're actually doing okay, to be honest, you know, compared to a long time ago. But 
anyway, yeah. I Bernard, Bernard Dunn is from there too, right? He's literally, his mom literally, like, I'm looking at his house right from here from my window. Um, she lives on my road, yeah, buddy. <laughs> there you go. You'll have to brush up on your Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um he grew up there, he did. Um, I often see him, he's, he's always over there, but um, who else? So, yeah, that's that's two people now who made a name for themselves off this road. No, what's oh, his name cool. is from Clondalkin, too, the boxer that became a politician, and then Kenny Egan. Kenny Egan? Yeah. He, oh, he's Clondalkin, isn't he, yeah? Yeah. yeah, he like got like sacked from his political yeah, he, party because yeah, he did not play. Um, that was mad. But yeah, so two people off the road made a name for themselves, and then there's the other tour guy, but he's like in prison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but locally, locally, he was bigger than those guys. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the papers more than us, anyway. Um, <laughs> great business for the area. Great business. Yeah, yeah. Nicola, Nicola, talent, fucking loves him. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. That's you right. You're in the US. You're a grand. You're safe and sound. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, yeah, so that's where I grew up, and I went to school as well, just up the road, and I went to to college up in Tala, IT Tala, and that's like a class of the university now, fucks. But uh, yeah, it was just an and and what did they call it? A, an, an institute, institute of technology. Of technology yeah. yeah. Who wants to fucking hire someone with IT before a college? <laughs> but anyway, I studied advertising and marketing there because I actually really like business studies in school. Now, at this stage, I didn't have any really interest in comedy. I didn't start the video until 2015, and I went into college in 2011. And I actually really enjoyed it. And the first two years it was a four-year course. Then it wasn't until the last year of college where Facebook was kind of like blowing up and people were kind of starting to make videos and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I actually really like drama and stuff like that. Not like as in, you know, drama with friends, but um, like I love drama workshops and that. And I used to love going to pantomimes as a kid. It was definitely always there. Um, and then, yeah, I I put up my first video and I was absolutely shit myself. Who, who, like who taught you about the, the editing and stuff like that? Like that was just stuff you were doing? <clears throat> Nothing. Like it was really, really basic. So I had I had an interest in photography at the time. So I had like a DSLR camera and I had a tripod. So I basically set it up in my room. And I was like, right, I need to, I was the sh- one of the Shando videos. And I was like, right, I, re- I need to kind of like wear something that's real scummy looking. So I went out, on to, uh, went out to my brother's room and found like a tracksuit jacket. And I put that on and it was the tracksuit jacket that I wore in like all the videos. Um, so so I made it. That's one, is it? Yeah. That's, that that's going to be worth money in a few years then. Yeah, that- yeah. How the fuck, how did you never get a branded post from Adidas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I was like blacklisted after it, after that web series anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I made that video and I just closed my laptop straight away. I used Windows Media Player and um, Movie Maker to edit it. Like that's how far back it was. Yeah. Now, like now, like they have the apps on the phones and everything yeah, is great. Yeah. Um, I did it in black and white. I like filmed it in black and white because I was so self conscious of how I looked on camera and stuff. But yeah, like I rolled off my tongue anyway. And it was about how Shanta met her fella at a party. She saw him getting glass into the face and was like to her mom, oh, "I'm gonna marry him." And, yeah. yeah so and ever since then um it started picking up traffic did that, and then did more, that one blow up or the whole you, you it was when you started doing the more and more that they started blowing up well back then like to me like that was blown up i think it got like a thousand likes and like fifty thousand views like it's still there like when i go back it's mad looking at it 
But if I were to get them like type of engagements now, I would think like the video just flopped. So it's 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 scarce like how I was only getting used to like numbers and stuff like that at that stage. I didn't know what viral meant or anything. And um, to me, that was viral. And people were just looking for more. And then I kept doing it. And then I obviously developed like the mammy character. I actually used to put her on my personal page. And people were like, you should make your own comedy page. And then other people were like, oh, don't be getting ahead of yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the best decision ever because I mean, look what's come of it. So I'm so happy I actually decided to make a video back then. Yeah, I mean, it's and like you, you, you put up that first video, you were not thinking like this is going to be your career. No, not at all. I I just I, I did so many internships and stuff afterwards, like um in the marketing industry, because I just didn't like I said, I just was so anti on stage, didn't want to do stand up, like thought would would have been the worst thing in the world. And then yeah, once I I just found that sitting at a desk, it just wasn't for me. I did feel wasted and the videos were starting to get bigger and bigger and I was like, surely something's gonna come of this I mean I had a friend who was also doing viral videos and he was getting paid for like off certain brands to make certain videos and I was like so I could actually make an income from doing this sorry I'm just gonna turn that off um, and was that your one I thought that was mine yeah I could actually make an income from this so I decided to just leave um I had done about three internships um in about 2017 then yeah I left and I, I knew I was going to have to go on the dole for a couple of months. But eventually then I started like generating an income. I started doing shows and my manager contacted me for the first time. Vinny, you probably know him. And yeah, then Vinny, yeah. we've chatted, we've chatted about you just so you know. Yeah. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I, was, I, I was taking interest in people up and coming, particularly when they start touring. I'm always curious how they're doing, what type of audience they're getting, all that stuff. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then he contacted me, and when he said live shows, I was like, um, I literally have a five-minute set to my name, and he's talking about doing a live show, but we managed to pull it off, and I wrote a couple of sketches, I wrote a couple of sketches, sorry, and I got a few actors, like a few friends that I knew that were in the kind of acting industry, and yeah, we just put a live show together, and I remember I had to get um, a comedian to open for me, and then open for the second half of the show, because I was just stuck for material, and... <laughs> Like now I can just do all that myself and stuff like it's mad. You, you can do live, you can do live interviews too, though. You know, how come you don't do that? It's just a handy way to fill 15 minutes. Do you think so? I like live interviews. Well, I, I, for the content people. Yeah, I do think that it can be quite good because you don't. Well, in my this is my opinion. And, and, and this is a purely positive thing. This isn't a criticism. I feel like you guys don't have to live under the same parameters that we do or certainly that you have different expectations for what your live show will be because it can be whatever you want it to be because you've never really established yourself as a live performer. When people watch a video of me on stage doing stand-up, it's very clear that's what I do. Whereas you're the video person, they're going to see you live. They just want to see you. They, they, what you do is really up to you. And I feel that sometimes uh, the, if you finish off, say, the first half with a 10 to 15-minute interview of a comic, say, can be a funny way to fill up some time. And it also gives the show a bit of variety. But who am I to fucking start developing your shows? You're taking Vinny's job, Des. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, like I, I did do podcasts at one stage myself, and I did <clears throat> even in my own live shows. I showed videos and stuff like that to kind of like you know like really really viral videos that really did, yeah. did really well on my page, just to kind of feel like two or three minutes in between sketches. That's what I done, um, for my first tour. 
And you know, it was it was actually it was actually kind of um really cool because you're hearing live laughter with people watching our videos where usually you would just have to read like the reactions in the comments section. Yeah. So it was great to hear how people enjoyed it um as an audience. Plus you, can, plus you can break it down for them, right? You can sort of say like, oh, actually, do you know when we did this, we had to do it three times because I fell or, you know, you can actually tell a bit of backstory to the video. Yeah, that's actually a good idea, yeah. Well, come on, Enya, Jesus Christ, I've made a big joke for you. I would have thought that was a fucking given. <laughs> it's so weird as well because your audience, like my audience is so different from when I first started, like, um, like for li- like live shows. Like when I first started, like you would have absolute loopers coming in to see it. Like I mean, like just proper hell is what's it? And now like it just they're just have to go on like so much more respectable now. I don't know why that is, but yeah, I think word mouth must be spreading. But I think it was the whole Shanto thing, and um, like you know the way certain like certain you know members of the public would find her funny than others because they could relate more to them, but. I think you were a bit shocked when they came to see me and, you know, it wasn't just an hour and a half of Shanto talking about <laughs> four and a half fella sniffing coke, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had that with, uh, you know, when I did Joy in the Hood, particularly Bally Mun Joy in the Hood, like, you know, I did a lot of nights in Vicar Street after that show was on TV and the, uh, I got like really full on Dublin, you know, inner city people would come to my shows and it was great. But it was, it was, it was like, yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, they really yeah, are. But, but it was intense. Just- so the next show that the next show that I did was the Irish language show. And I remember when I first started doing Irish language material, I like some of these people that came over from the, the, the tour before, they were like, I didn't come here to go to fucking skill. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, you howl. Like, I, I, one time, like, the show got started. Like, this guy was going fucking mental, <laughs> like, going crazy that I was doing Irish material, probably getting some, like, flashbacks from fucking industrial school or something oh my like yeah like i mean at, at, at the start it's like oh this is lovely and so forth like what happens is when they get drunk they get very messy and that's where i'm just like okay this is actually a show like you just have to sit here and watch <laughs> it i'm sorry like but <laughs> i can't interact with you for the whole hour and a half you oh, know? Oh, yeah. um but yeah no <laughs> I had the I had the opposite problem to both of you when I did my show Son of a Preacher Man my dad was a, a born again Christian preacher so I had a load of Christians turning up to my show thinking it was a religious comedy show. oh my god <laughs> going this isn't funny at all this is blasphemous so yeah <laughs> I mean, no crack Jesus I, I, I couldn't imagine that which sometimes I'm kind of glad like I, I actually don't think I've done any support slots for Canadians like only at the kind of festivals and stuff um, but it's it's a lot more nerve-wracking when you're going out to someone else's audience I find because you have to prove yourself whereas like the person who's hosting the show like they they're already well established yeah. in the crowd you know like it's it's yeah unless it's yeah. Des's show I because I, I open for Des and they're they're fairly nice now Des no complaints <laughs> they've been very nice to me that's because I, ah. I, I get a lot of women in their 30s and 40s and Steve <laughs> they're like oh yeah we like that too actually <laughs> they like Steve <laughs> Steve comes out with his, his smooth tones. He's like, hey, everybody, how you doing? He's not um, funny, but I'd write him. Yeah, I'm a born-again Christian. My father was a preacher. You know, <laughs> the ladies, they, he's calming. Steve is, like, Steve is like the fucking Headspace app, you know? Yeah. It, it, his voice is very... 30% of the comments on the podcast is like, I love Steve's voice. Yeah. <laughs> what was, like, what, what's the audience like that listens to your podcast? 
Ah, oh, it's, it's, can't it's, say it's, anything it's, bad about them because I got no. It, it, they're 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 great. They've been growing as of late. Actually, we have we now have seventeen percent of our audience from the United States of America. So, oh no way! Yeah, yeah. there's a, there there will be a lot of people being there. like, Clondalkin. What is Clondalkin? Oh, <laughs> uh, what is a Clondalkin? Yeah, who is who is this Neil? But anyway, I wanted to ask you this because it's come up a couple of times now about stand up and the the crossover that you've done because you have you have skipped. It's ha- it happened again just there because you're talking about it's tougher to open up for other people that aren't your audience. Again, that's a major phase that you skipped, which is actually the no- that, that's the norm for other comics. Is no, that yeah. They perform to people that don't know them for the majority of their career, and in the latter part of their career, it blows up, right? So how has the comedy community been with you in general? Like, Do, do you feel like resentment? Do you feel support? Do you feel them looking to you for advice on how they can uh, begin to embrace, you know, the, the online side of the business? What, what's been the experience? I think there's a mix. I definitely think there's an element of jealousy. Um, not from everyone now, but others oh, who I... probably feel like they worked very, very hard in the club circuit and like they're not, they're still not getting their break and then they're looking at me. Oh, you know, she did a few videos and now she's like selling out Ficker Street. And I'm like, that's not down to having contacts or like known people in the industry. That's down to like me actually working hard four years online and, and creating a foundation. Like it wasn't handed to me, you know, like the demand was there. I mean, it's, I suppose it's nearly like someone who does really well on TV and then, you know, gets a lot of acting gigs after it. Um, that's the way I saw it. But, and then there is an element of people who, comedians who come to me and they're like, how do you do it? Like, how, how, do, how do your videos get so much interaction and engagement? Because um, I've seen Jason Bourne start to do videos. Um, he did one on like the Irish government, which I thought was hilarious. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, that's what you need to be doing. Like, if, if you're a comedian, you just need to be like grabbing topical stuff and just like, just nailing it like whatever material you would have like find some way to put it into a video that people can actually you know tag their friends like everything has to be taggable but yeah I, I do think there's an element of jealousy and then there's an element of oh can I get some advice from you how how do I like start off like that yeah because I I mean yeah obviously I don't want you to name any names but I would assume well I know I do, do, when do. the content no but I know when the content people are not at the table comedians are really fucking complaining about it you know really yeah oh god are you kidding me of course they're super jealous but i mean for me personally it's also generational it's like the 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 world shifted like fucking taxi drivers the whole fucking world has had to deal with the transition uh, of the world to online so either you you get busy with it or you just fuck off so obviously some some people want to fight it in their heads like unfortunately like I am very lucky and I feel like I'm tooting my own horn here but I can I can actually make videos and write material as well where not all people who make videos can be stand-up comedians I mean don't don't why you talk about Keenan Toomey (laughs) I just I just kidding he's a friend of mine I'm just joking but he would never do stand-up he told me that I made fun I'm making fun of him because years ago when he was his videos were blown up a bit and I had met him at Red FM and he messaged me and he goes, uh, if I get whatever, 5,000 retweets, I can't remember what his number was, but he, he said, if I could get a certain amount of retweets for this post, will you let me do five minutes of stand-up at your show? I guess he thought it'd be good content. So he did it. It was all big. I pushed it. And at the 11th hour, he fucking, he, he bailed. Oh, he didn't ah, do it. Really, yeah. He got afraid. 
Oh, ow. That's he must have been five minutes. Yeah, he would have been fine too. He's a he's a nat, you know, he's a naturally lovable guy. But anyway, it uh, it didn't it didn't happen. So I'm not I'm I'm only I'm joking about Kian Toomey, but he's 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 a great. I still call him a kid. He's probably fucking thirty now. You know. I I think sometimes people they see how well their videos do online, and then they try convert it into ticket sales, and they're like. Oh yeah, like I could definitely set out a venue, and then when it actually comes to the crunch time and they actually have to sit down and write a show, it's completely different to writing for a video. Like you know, when you're writing a video, it's literally one minute, two minutes max, and it's punchline, punchline, punchline. But you know, when it comes to a show, like you actually have to tell a story. You have to. It's all about comic timing and stuff. Like it's completely different, and not everyone can do it. Like no matter how many followers you have online, like it's. Sometimes people just don't have that instinct and um, they might be very good at coming up with content ideas. Like I said, the whole relatable videos, but yeah. Some, some, do, you feel, everyone... do, do you feel it's been easier for, cause obviously a lot of women feel like coming to the stand-up scene has been a bit difficult, a little misogynistic, a lot of sexism. Like, do you feel that actually, cause a lot of women have thrived online, you know, and like meme, meme humor, you know, seems to be very popular with women and like women have really killed it in the content space. Do you feel that actually it's, it's been like a safer way for you to come through the thing? And, and just in general, do you feel like, uh, like being funny online is like easier for women than coming through the stand-up world? Yeah. Well, I mean, in both situations, like live and online, like I, I never, I've never actually really gotten heckled. Like when I say heckled, I mean like you know I've had the odd person like answer one of my questions while I was in the middle of a joke. You know, like that's the extent of it. But or like someone drunk just shouting up shit. Uh, but online, like the majority of the people who give me flack are grown men. Like, like literally, <laughs> just yeah. you know, you you know what I'm talking about. They wear the sunglasses and the cap, and they're sitting in the car in their fucking profile picture, like. <laughs> <laughs> Holding the fish in America, they always say they're holding the fish. That's like the the American meme of the angry man. The yeah, that's holding the fish upside down. Yeah. Like it's, it's it is. It's I don't know what I like. The, you know what I find? It's it gets so angry. Like they're just like, yeah, women still aren't funny. That's what they type in the comment section. And you know, it's it's a super viral video. I mean, it's it's fucking getting shared off the charts, and it's like. Is if I'm gonna let your comments, I mean, infect me and, and like affect me in any way? Like you're just a nobody who is just jealous that a woman actually is more successful than you. She's probably still living at home in his mad box bedroom, smoking weed every day and every day of the week. You know, like it's if it, if it makes you feel any better, the same guy is messaging me too, telling me to go back to America and I'm not funny. And like a lot of guys in Liverpool jerseys don't ask me why. Fucking leave negative comments on my shit, you know. Really? Yeah, it's, I, 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 I'm, I'm not anti-Liverpool or anything, but there's a, like there's always a lot of guys in fucking football jerseys, and suddenly there's like some comment: "Is this fucking asshole still fucking trying to be funny?" It's like, yeah, sorry, man, I'm in my beach house right now, fucking with no mortgage. You, you, should I stop? Should I stop, <laughs> motherfucker? <laughs> But I think I think there's an element of some some of those because I I mean I totally grew, grew up with those lads and they're my mates and all. Sometimes they think that's funny, do you know. They think they're being funny by doing that. Do you know what I mean they actually think it's and it's just they're so fucking off the mark. Mm-hmm. They're like 15 years behind culture. It's just like it's crazy. But how how important do you think? Because I love your content so much. How important do you think, Enya, it is for you? Um, because you really are your like yourself in all of that as well. That's what's really. Do you know what yeah, I mean? like you they're, really are a scumbag. 
you know? <laughs> That's what Steve... I'm trying to find it. Steve's like, how much, how much of a fucking Shanto you really are. <laughs> I guess it's all there. <laughs> but but every, everything you do is authentic. Like you make everything yourself. You have your own stamp and every bit of the way. Like how important is that? Do you think that's part of the reason that you connect with fans so well? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if it's not relatable, like I couldn't put up a video about a private joke me and my friend have, you know, people are just going to be like, what the fuck is this about? But if I put up something like topical and make a funny, put a funny spin on it with my own humor, like it's it, it just a comedian comes out with me. It's like when you're on stage and you're telling a story and it's the way you tell it that's funny. It could be the most boring story in the world, but it's the way you tell it. Yeah. I mean, I did one day recently um, about growing up in a council estate and it was just simple, like stereotypical things that happen when you grow up in a council estate. And like, it just, it flew off the, like the, the viral charts because um, everyone was able to relate to it. Like that grew up on a council yeah, yeah. estate. And I oh, remember that happened, remember what, this happened. What was, what was the type of stuff you were talking about? Um, so when you know a fight breaks out on the road and you're at your window and oh I fucking I love that. that video. Did you have to take one of them down or something? Oh fuck me, it made me laugh. She was you can hear he, people he grew up in a council state too. He, he oh fuck me, it's so funny. Like, that was like <laughs> come on, what the fuck was it? Sorry, it was like basically you hear all this fighting in the background. I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'm gonna all the screaming that, whatever. And then Enya comes out with her sunglasses on, pretending to clean the window, but she's brushing the fucking wall or something like that, <laughs> pretending eavesdropping, pretending and polishing not polishing the wall. Yeah, polishing I had like a strain yeah. like machine on it and what polishing the wall, like and like I'm literally like <laughs> trying to look at what's going on. But that was actually um a real fight that happened, and I'll tell you what. Ha- there was a video that was put up online um, of this woman and our fella fighting right in the middle of, I don't know, I think it was Ballymon or something. And I took the audio from it. Like, it kept going viral because the things that she was saying and she was like, I'll fucking ram that key into your forehead, right? Oh, right. <laughs> 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 so I'm polishing the wall and I'll, I'll fucking ram that key into your forehead. And I'm like, <laughs> um, but what happened is she actually texted me and she was just like, do you think that's fucking funny and all domestic <laughs> abuse? And I was like, you were literally talking about stabbing him into the leg, like vocally declaring you would stab your fella into the leg. Like... <laughs> But I took it down anyway. Um, the, but, neck, the neck! Yeah. I use that one as well. Oh, fucking hell, it's so good. The neck! On you, it's so <laughs> like, you, you've never Have you ever got... Because I got in trouble before because I had a whole section of my show about where I grew up and, all right, I shouldn't have named somebody's name, but, like, everyone's pissed themselves laughing. But when the individual then heard it, then I got fucking in trouble. Like, do you know what I mean? So I've gotten in trouble <laughs> about talking about the council state before. Yeah, yeah. They've told me not to gig there again. <laughs> I think sometimes they feel enough from there you can't relate to a counsellor they get pissed off they feel like they're taking the piss out of them mm, um, yes. like I, I think they start taking a person then well, but that's it it's, because it's, I moved away 20 years ago they think I'm ta- like I'm like, and they're still there then it becomes a I'm better than them but I'm like no that's just what happened you know <laughs> yeah playing. yeah and do you ever find do you ever find that uh, you get uh, well-meaning people thinking that like so they like to point out that you're uh, you know, being critical of working class people, uh, even they're, 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 they're like educated uh, upper class people thinking that somehow you're demeaning the working class people, whereas in actual fact, they have no concept of what working class people would find funny. Have you ever found that? Well, when I was putting up that counselor safe video, um, that was a separate video that I was talking about where I was like polishing the wall, but I put up one only there about two weeks ago and I was actually a bit worried putting it up in case I got backlash saying there's nothing wrong uh, being from a council estate, blah, blah, blah. A lot of great people come from it. 
and I was already like getting prepared for what to say back and being like so am I like this is just I embrace this this is funny what happens like this is normal mm. for us I'm not trying to like like degrade is or degrade us mm. but when I do my videos um like those dearly videos um I was talking about having to go on the dole because dad's business closed down during COVID um I did that on TikTok. I just did a quick video in my car, put a pair of sunglasses on and whack the accent on. And like, I find like TikTok, like it's just full of kids, to be honest. Um, And they don't, they don't get jokes. I don't think they no, get They don't the get it the same way. They, all they get is the accents. Like I'll do like a Cork accent video and it'll just, it'll go nuts. But once you have anything with like a punchline, they don't get it. I know. And that's like a lot of people were like, um, like there's nothing wrong um, with being from the South side and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I've never had to deal with this before. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, it was stuff like that now. Um, I found I, that's what I didn't really like about TikTok. And I actually, I don't know what I told you just before, Steve, but I, back in the early days when I started doing shows, um, this girl in town contacted me. It was an all girls girl. And you're like, look, it's um, you know, it's the last week of for our fifth years, um, no, our fourth years, transition years, they yeah, call transition it. Year, yeah. You'd be about sixteen when you're in fourth year, and they said, look, they're they're going to be doing their leaving certain that next year, so we want to just um, kind of give them a bit of fun before they leave school this year and start like getting serious um in the next in in next year. So I was like, yeah, I'll come in. Now I was absolutely shitting. They asked me to do fifteen minutes in front of like the fourth and fifth years. And I just used my best gags, right? But I mean, like, there was one joke I said about tampons, right? And I was like, I was scanning tampons in boots and uh, just, and I had condoms as well. And the machine kept screaming at me, unexpected item in bagging area. And the store supervisor came over and was like, what's going on here? And I said, the condoms aren't scanning in. And she said, hold on, I speak to the manager. So she started screaming across the shop and I'm absolutely mortified, right? So I taught myself, what would Bear Grylls do in this situation? So I just started eating the tampons. But all the girls in the classroom went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> they thought I ate fucking tampons. Like, so I mean, and these, these are townies, like, these are proper howies, like, and they yeah. were just like, oh! I was like, relax, it's a joke. <laughs> no, because what they, the, the reason why they both weren't scanning is because if you scan the tampons first, the scanner knows that the condoms are unnecessary for six days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Kind of go hand in hand. You have a system anyway, don't you? Oh, I have a blade. Sit- well, you know, when you're 44, there's no fucking system. This has been there before. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 44, you're hoping for an accident, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Well, so... So now you're a fucking personal trainer. So why don't you do some, because I've been obsessed and I, I'm not organized enough to do it, but I've been obsessed with doing actual exercise videos that, that are funny, but they are actually real exercise videos. Like if people do them, they get a good workout, but it's also funny. Uh, like Jason does like actual workout videos that are not funny, but I was thinking doing quick. Uh, why, don't, why don't you do some funny, I, why don't, if you're doing this gym stuff, why don't you do like a personal trainer character? Because I find that like you get these like, God forgive me, uneducated fucking personal trainer guys that suddenly think they fucking understand the miracle of life because they watch a Joe Rogan podcast. So, uh, <laughs> you know, and then they're fucking like I was in I was in Westwood one day and this guy came up to me, you know, and he's like starts giving me all this stuff. Look, I think anything is possible once you think it in your mind. Like, you know, most people just <laughs> I think all disease, all disease in the middle of a gym. Mind. Yeah, all disease is in your mind. Like, you know, and then he's like, you know, we have this fucking 
whatever, like MMA, angry men pretending that they fucking have a spiritual awakening, whatever, you know, whatever it was fucking called, you know, and he was like, yeah, man, it's all in your mind, like, you know, illness is in your mind, <laughs> you know, your parents both died of cancer, yeah, it was in their mind, like, they just needed to fucking think away and you can live forever, like, you know, this fucking bullshit life coach, fucking, I think you should, you should think about uh, some sort of personal trainer character. The best was the Dublin City Council gym, I'll never forget, going in there, couldn't afford, a, a, like, a real fancy gym, went to Dublin City Council gym, the personal trainer, Virgil Commas, was like, he was bulging out of his t-shirt, right, hanging out the bottom of it, right, and he sits down to do the plan with me, and I'm saying, I want to lose I want to lose some fat. I want to kind of put on a bit of muscle. And so he's giving me all these tips. And then he goes, and come here, if you want a bit of chocolate, have a bit of chocolate, you know? <laughs> want a pack of potatoes? Treat yourself. Do you know what I mean? He's, like, <laughs> he's projecting. He's proje- he was projecting. Oh. He was projecting his own issues onto you. I know. I know. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, like, I actually have, like, a Twitter account and an Instagram account. Do you know what I did, actually, right? I set up a separate Instagram account because I didn't want people following the Gizzle Laugh page and all of a sudden it turns into a fucking fitness page. you know what I mean? So I set up a separate page just for anyone who's interested. They can go over and follow it. But I made it that it was over 16. So if you're under 16, you can't find that page, right? Because I don't want a lot of 12-year-olds texting me being like, hey, Shanta, I'm looking to lose weight for me comfort. I'm going to tell you <laughs> How many calories in a vampire? Oh, oh wait, yeah. Why don't you do Shanto gets into the fitness? Like Shanto fucking gets clean, sorts his life or short sorts her life out, and she wants to fucking help the girls to become influencers. You know, I definitely want to start making videos about that. Like people who like sell all these fucking skinny teas and all, and like, um, yeah. especially these celebrities. Like I think it was Gemma Collins. Like she started pushing um this thing called the skinny jab, where it's I think it's like a placebo. To be honest, you like inject. Who's, who's Gemma? Who's Gemma Collins again? You don't know Gemma Collins? Who is she again? I've seen her. Uh, see what do you know her? No, I think we're showing her age here, and yeah, yeah. Oh, she was in like Towie, but she's like this really, really common girl from London, right? She's like a reality oh, right. TV star, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, she like she's like this massive meme queen. Like she's she was online the celebrity and everything. That like, she's such a drama queen, like really spoiled. But uh, what happened was she started promoting that because she's kind of she's she would be overweight now, and she started pushing that, and everyone was going mad, being like, "Oh my god, you have like over a million followers, and you're pushing that shit." And like what she did was she stopped people being able to post in the comment section. So she must have been getting an absolute bomb to be pushing that because. Like the, you know, like a lot of people online are so against that shit. They're like young girls watching that. Yeah. I just I think it's okay to inject themselves with whatever the fuck it is. Mm, yeah. I think you should get, you should get branded content from the social welfare. Yeah. <laughs> the social welfare sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Department of Social Protection should be, uh, you know, it's like you can tell people where to get their dole, you know, what they're entitled to. That'd be good. Shanto telling you where to go. Yeah, yeah. It's like, listen, man, you don't need to suffer, you know. <laughs> you don't think, it it'd be good it'd be good so um i was oh yeah so in terms of branded content and stuff like you just wait for that stuff to come in like i i don't even know how that works that part of the industry like do you have an agent that helps you to get that stuff or what yeah so i have two agents so i have Vinny who looks after my live stuff and then i have another one who you know i'll hear from every so often and they could be like look coca-cola have a new drink coming out and they're trying to get um they're trying to reach out to this target audience which would primarily be your target audience as well 
And I'd be like, okay. And then they'd be like, they're going to offer you this amount if you make a two-minute video. And this is the idea that they're looking for. But what I hate sometimes is when you do branded videos, they're literally like, oh, you know, we want her to have a complete creative reign. And then you send them back to script and they literally cut everything out yeah. and like leave mine in. And it's like, you know, you're paying me for you to write your own fucking script. <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the same, very it's, it's the same with ads. I've done a few ads where you'll have a director and he's like, this is the shot and this is the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then everything, he has to call her up to the client upstairs for whoever the corporation that the money is for. And if they don't like it, they'll, they'll be literally directing me through him. That No, he needs to stand to the left here. No, he needs to do that there. No, he needs to do that. It's just like, you're irrelevant, mate. You can just go, why are you paying him a wage? <laughs> you know? And I, I like, exactly. And that's what annoys me. And they're just like, we want her to do a video for it because she knows how to get videos to go viral. My yeah. video is not going to go viral with that type of fucking thinking. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. like completely. Yeah, but you just take. You, you just have to take. That's what they want. That's what they do. You know that, that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Now I know. Obviously, like I can't course in that in it, but like sometimes, I mean, you'll mention certain things, and they'll be they'll just think of this like minority in the population that would be offended by it, and it's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, because it's such. I, I find it so interesting, also with with Hannah and just like she's very much in the online game, and just how focused, like how just marketing aware you guys are, brand aware, talking about building brands, and you know when I when I peaked out and you know when I was like at my you know the early days of fame in Ireland, the thought of doing an ad like you would be ridiculed by everybody for being a sellout, like. Nobody gets called a sellout. Nobody gets called a sellout anymore. Like the whole term, the whole concept of being a sellout is gone, which I, which I think is fantastic. I think that whole thing was total fucking bullshit because none of these fucking advertisers. Some people are making a living doing it now. Oh, no, I know. It's, 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 it's a huge transition in terms of how the industry works. It's completely accepted to, you know, use your profile to uh, monetize via advertising. Yeah, and it's 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 a feast or a famine. Like sometimes, um, like a lot of these bloggers and stuff, and like TikTok stars, like would literally be, I mean, getting brand deals nearly every well, day. You need, yeah, but you need the British or particularly the American market. That's where the real money is. Yeah, especially TikTok uh, stars from the US. Like they they would be clean enough. But with me, it's a feast or a famine. I mean, I could get a month where I get three branded videos, and like it's there's good money in it, you know, and you're set for a few months. And then you could go then like four or five months without getting one. And that's why I'm glad I have the live shows there because I have a backup, you know. So rather how than much, just slowly. How much how much money do you think Ty Fleming's making? Oh, like I'd say on a branded video alone with it, with his following, like easily 10 grand for one video, easily. And depending on, I think Andrea Roach represents him. So definitely 10 grand minimum. Like he has half a million followers on Instagram and the engagement is it like one of his little videos got like over a million views. Like imagine that, like they'd have to pay, imagine the amount of money they'd have to pay for ad space on the TV. Like probably the kids toy show on the late late would get them a million views. Like that's mm. crazy. So, like, so how, that's, how much do you think he gives to his dad? <laughs> <laughs> that has to be a 50, 50 deal. Like that's they're going to fucking... in a mansion. Like, yeah, they, 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 well, they, I think they're, they, I'm sure somebody's talking to them already about them doing their own show, like getting production. You know, the funny thing is I mentioned, I, I messaged him and I was like, yo, you got to do a live show. And he was like, well, I'm working. 
I'm working and, uh, you know, I just don't really have a live show. And I, I would kind of said to him, I, I gave him like quick six things he could fucking do. Him and his dad fucking finish off with a fucking dance at the end. But that was before it really kicked off. I think the pandemic has really taken it to the next level. So I'm assuming he's getting ready because I think he could do the three arena. Do you think? Yeah. Like what type of show would you be thinking? With him? Yeah. I think, I think he does himself and his dad come out at the beginning. They do like a quick back and forth, right? Then they show a video or two, talk about the backstory to the video, of, you know, show some bloopers, right? Then he does like, uh, you know, an, an interview with a comedian, right? Plus he has a comedian open up, by the way. Comedian open up the second half. Then again, a couple of more, a couple of more videos, a bit more back and forth with Derry. And then a huge fucking choreographed number at the end, possibly with like professional dancers, the rest of the family, he and could like, do he could do audience interaction games as well as yeah like, he could do yeah. oh yeah like sorry yeah and, stuff. yeah also yeah. like audit get audience up quiz type yeah. I mean he could do whatever the fuck he wants he's very funny he's very he funny. would definitely get the demand for it anyway like it's just a pity that the time and um well it's pros and cons though because he killed the pandemic I mean he's the he's the pandemic hero yeah I mean I think every like I remember I was like very kind of off the radar before the pandemic I was just so obsessed with my live shows I actually stopped posting videos and um, well I didn't stop but they'd just be very very um less frequent and then the minute the pandemic hit I was like bang like two or three a week and I just became so much more relevant again you know so god um, it's so quick it's the online world is so fickle <laughs> I know I know you're worried, you're worried about not being relevant that quick <laughs> uh i actually i remember my page my instagram page got hacked before this was actually this time last year it was around october time and i had about 50k in my instagram right and i was absolutely devastated but i'll tell you how it happened um this is when i thought i'm actually gonna have to start from scratch again now my facebook page was okay but instagram is kind of where it's at nowadays and I got this message and it was like, you have committed copyright infringement right now. I got it on WhatsApp. Now I'm an absolute idiot for falling for it. But I got this message on WhatsApp and it, they claimed to be Instagram. And like, if you don't log on to your account and delete this copyrighted image, your account's going to be deleted. I was like, shit, shit, shit. So what did I do? Click on the link right now. I kind of debated about it for a few seconds, but I clicked on the link and the sign in page came up and I entered my details. So obviously oh, the hacker yeah, was exactly. able to see my details when I typed it in. The page was gone for about a week. I was absolutely devastated, um, but I ended up getting it back, thank God. But yeah, do you know what they do? They try and hack your page so they can sell your page to like companies like in the middle fucking east somewhere like because you have so many followers. Really? You know, like Jesus. That. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah that, that, that happened to James Cavan in Snapchat, I remember. He had to start a whole new Snapchat. Did it? Yeah. Is, oh, he, still, is he still relevant in this fickle world of online content? <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's mad. Like it's different. Um, I think different content creators, like the world of TikTok. I wouldn't have a clue who like these like famous Irish TikToks are. Oh, what's um, his name? Uh, the one. Uh, there's a few. They have a house now. They have a TikTok house. Yeah, what's going on there? They're doing like a thing with that was it Darren something or whatever. They know the guy that does like the real morose videos. But uh, there's a few of them. <laughs> I say more power to them. You know. Yeah, but like I remember there was one of the guys in it. Um, he's a DJ on Spin, but he got a lot of oh, yeah, he got in trouble because all oh, like all these different houses mixing with each other and COVID and stuff like that. So that's the type of shit you're up against. Like, mm. it's fucking crazy, man. It's so quick, it's so hard to stay relevant, man. Mm. You know, 44 <laughs> year old, 
44-year-old gray-haired guy on fucking TikTok. He fucking gets flagged by the fucking child protection agency. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually gas how one video, like, like, Dad, you you would probably have never made a video in your life, right? And you could make one video that could just go, like, super viral. And you'll just become, like, huge from that video. And, like, the momentum will be there for, like, years on end. Right. I've tried. I've tried. It's, it's, it doesn't happen. <laughs> just don't have it. No, no. I've, I've done good videos. Some videos, <laughs> some, videos I've done, some videos I've done well. But I haven't had one that, like, you know, put it over but- the head. Do you remember that girl where she bought like this Star Wars mask? Do you remember she was from the US and she just had a whole video of her laughing wearing the Chewbacca mask? She and it was just a laugh that was so contagious and like she it got like millions of likes and like Star, Star Wars like sent her loads of shit and she just became huge just because of that video. Yeah, yeah, but what? Yeah, what's she doing now? Yeah, I think she. Yeah, she's fucking walking around in a Star Wars mask looking for friends. She's a gym instructor. <laughs> <laughs> when all else fails, become a PT. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Anya. Thank you so much for your time. What do you? What do you? Set to tell everybody your pages, just in case there's some um, there's some uh, Irish people that haven't heard you before. Listen to our podcast. Send them your way. Where Where do they oh. need to go? Yeah, it's Giz a laugh with a Z, G I Z, a laugh, and it's because it's real Irish. Giz a laugh. It's a Z. Um, it's a fucking Z. Has that changed Z, too? Say, are the I, fucking are millennials saying fucking Z now? Americans say Z. That's why I said Z. Yeah, you don't fucking don't fucking talk He's to speaking me. Speaking your language, American. Don't fucking <laughs> don't do that. Don't fucking. Yeah, I apologize don't, for his aggression. Don't fucking Z me. <laughs> don't fucking Z me, you con. <laughs> Don't, don't don't start slagging my counselor, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so give it gives a laugh. Oh yeah. Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, I'm on YouTube too, but it's quite Irish, so be prepared. Oh yeah. When the most of our most of our listeners are Irish. The, 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 oh, you're, 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 you're very much advertising on brand here. Cool. We're we're bigging up our 17% American listeners, but the you know, it's 70% fucking Ireland, you know. Uh, Ireland, yeah, Ireland, yeah. and uh, so no, no interest in doing a podcast or anything now. I did do one for a while, and um, but to be honest, I just I need to plan it better, and I need to kind of this as well. I listened yeah. to you, you and your ma. That was that was a lovely one. That was like that was a really really enjoyed that one. Great story. Yeah, I used to deal with them with me man. Like people used to love them, but she's so hard. It's like getting trying to get blood out of stone sometimes because she just doesn't understand about current events. You know, you'd be talking about shit. It's like, what's that? Like, oh. Brexit me bollocks. Yeah. That's everything to hold. That's a lot of me balls, isn't it? CD's man. <laughs> yes, she says that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you should call. That's a load of me balls. And you podcast with your mouth. <laughs> you know what I think? The feminist podcast. That's a load of me balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need a tour person on to like, poacher as well like you know like so it's not just me trying to get stuff over so yeah i'd like to kind of have a tour person on it well kenny egan's got some time <laughs> <laughs> you get kenny egan to to poacher as well Fucking you know? hell yeah um, all right well go on myself and steve will stay on but you can uh you can exit out of the zoom there 
Now don't start talking about me because years. <laughs> no, no, we're not. Anyway, I'll be fucking listening to this tomorrow. <laughs> we're not going to be talking about it. the minute you get off. Like a fucking lucky bitch doesn't realize how lucky she is selling that fucking victory. <laughs> Didn't fucking pay. Oh, Forty five people. That's a sold out show. Yeah. For <laughs> 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 yeah. No, thanks. Right. Thanks, thanks, right to thanks, see you again, and yeah, thanks. See you there. Thanks, lads, for having me on. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. She's fucking hanging out now, waiting for us to say that she's gone. That fucking bitch. Oh, she's great. Great. That was good fun. That's actually the first time I properly talked to her. Oh, really? Yeah. The first time I met her was on Zoom as well. So I haven't met her in real life. The first time I ever even heard of her, because I was like, I finished up in China. 2015 and then i was trying to do more stuff in the states so i wasn't as on top of it and i remember i flew back from the states one time and like literally the day i got back or the day after i got back i was doing this today fm gig where matt cooper was going to try stand-up they wanted me to just do a bit of stand-up and she was on and i was like what the fuck you know like who is this? like who is this is like oh she, her videos are blowing up online she does like a character so I had, I, I had no idea. She was already like, she had already blown up before. And funnily enough, that was a few weeks before it all kicked off with Al Porter. And Al Porter was being like real sexually aggressive with me in the fucking, and I was like, Al, you got to chill out, man. You're going to get in trouble. Because I had started to hear rumors about Al, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, funny how the whole world has changed since then. I know, it's crazy. But it is good to see like young, because you're right, it is. It's a, the market has changed, shall we say, and people are making it online. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I've, I'm a defender, of, particularly like at the Comedy Cellar in New York, you get a lot of these guys like, fucking moaning about mm. content people and, you know, how they've, you know, they're, they're selling out tickets and it's all about the content. But in the end, it's just like people go for it. And yeah, it's time to it's time change. That's... But she also has begun to put a lot of effort into the live stuff. So oh, definitely. That's going to work out for her. Some of them do a quick sweeping tour. There's clearly nothing going on and yeah. there's no longevity as far as yeah. the live goes. Yeah. Uh, and also, to be honest with you, after doing videos, it's not fucking easy to keep up the videos. It's not easy no. to keep coming up with ideas and content. Yeah. And you get a pain in your hole with the fucking editing. Plus, you know, we have a bad show and, you know, you have to get over it. You get on to the next show. But like you can see with her, like some videos, they just don't go. They don't get the algorithm going for them. And then that's a letdown. So there's a whole other thing. You know, people mm. think it's like super easy. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. I don't think people like if even for a two minute video, like and especially if she's doing characters, there's different shots, there's different costumes. She's doing all that on her own. It's a, it's a minimum a day's work like for one video. Yeah, it's a pain in the fucking hole. So yeah. fair play to her. It's great yeah. that she came on. And uh, I, I um, well, well, we'll wrap it up. And then yes. very unprofessionally, I'm going to say now that we're going to do the intro after we finish. Because oh, right. <laughs> I do realize, I do realize that we just kind of like jumped in, like, you know, there's yeah. no, there's no intro to Enya. It's just like, boom, we're just chatting. So uh, oh, good. Steve, if you want to plug anything before we go? Um, I had uh, Ash, oh, Ash, the beautiful singer was on the podcast, got to chat to her and she dropped another single on the podcast this week on Hello Steve podcast. So it was lovely to have her on. She's Irish Ghanaian. And uh, quite a character, really interesting character. So it was great to have her on. And oh yeah, well, I'll, I'll need your thoughts on this, your experience thoughts on this. I think they're already going to go into phase three in Limerick, so there will be no gigs next week. But I have people text me going, is your gig going ahead? Is your gig going ahead? But I mean, like you, I just don't feel comfortable even fucking doing it, man. So, um, Well, when is that? 2nd of October, so Friday week. Oh yeah, Friday week, which is good because this will, today is the day before that, just so you know. 
Uh, oh, is this when I said go on now? All right. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm not editing it, bro. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm letting our listeners. It'll, it'll, it'll well be decided by them. <laughs> now, because good. we're going to have Joanne on Thursday. That's right. Yes. You know, which people will know because this is next week. Mm. <laughs> how does it feel to be in a? How does it feel to be in a time machine, Steve? Yeah, I know. I'm from my head dizzy now. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> what day is that? And it's Tuesday. This is totally fucked yeah. up. All right. Okay. So, uh, so tomorrow. Well, actually, you probably know already. As you far guys as- already know. I've made, <laughs> I've made some announcements already. Tomorrow, you might be seeing me in Limerick, or you might not. <laughs> I'll check out Steve's podcast uh, from last week. <laughs> I don't know what's on this week. <laughs> My head is bent now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're on the usual at this bishop on Instagram. Leave us five stars, iTunes, Spotify. Spread the word. Um, we love the screenshots. Uh, and also, uh, you know, you know, don't be afraid to send us DMs uh, with like topics you want us to talk about, questions, shout outs, anything you want. Let us know. And, I uh, did get lots of messages about oh fuck, what did we talk about last week? Was it QAnon or was it was social? It Q- both actually. Oh yeah, the QAnon one was funny because I got a couple of texts from people that were going, "It's about time people are talking about these conspiracy theories." There's not enough people talking about it, and I think they've missed the point <laughs> of QAnon. It's about people ra- about time people raise awareness about QAnon was basically what they were saying. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, delete that. Well, we got a number of negative comments on the Apple Podcast based on the QAnon. You know, like suddenly we're getting one stars. It's like, oh, I know where this is coming from. Oh really? Wow. Uh, so yeah. Well, yeah. One, one, one was from was directed at me, was unrelated to QAnon, but there was a couple of other ones that was like, oh, okay. So suddenly out of the blue, you know, we're getting one stars. It's definitely, you know, theorist types, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, but I got lovely messages about the one that we did on the social dilemma. So people seem to enjoy that as well. Yeah. Yeah. People definitely did. Yes. I got some, I got some nice message on that too. So anyway, uh, we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week. So sorry. Uh, thank you about the messages. I mean, I mean, I meant to say, and I think I've responded. <laughs> All right. So let's go, Steve. Let's do it. Thanks everybody. We'll, we'll be back next week. Thank you. Peace. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, I decided to go outside, even though I still think I have to whisper because... They're all asleep. Um, And I'm up super early to get this done. I am actually playing golf at 8 a.m. And I have to drive back to my house and then back to the golf club. But these are not things 
that I'll be getting a lot of sympathy for. I appreciate. But anyway, just quick. Um, Hannah moved into my house like uh, eight days ago. Now, I know some people probably think that's insane because we haven't been together that long, which I, I, I appreciate this this reaction is completely rational and I I don't think I would I don't think this would be happening except Corona is such a weird time and you know she's in her parents house not in the city and it just felt like well why not just chill on the my house rather than in Shelter Island and I was like yeah let's do it we didn't really have much of a discussion about it. It just kind of happened. Um, and so far, so good. I mean, there was a lot of crap that had built up in my house. And uh, she was immediately perturbed by it. You know, so there very much was kind of like a, um, let's get this house organized vibe. And it... Uh, it fit right in, I feel like, to the stereotypes of uh, somebody moving in and just, like, getting, uh, leaving their, their scent all over the house. In fact, I was joking with her because she, um, <laughs> she was, oh, her cat moved in too, by the way. The, the cat had a little bit to do with it, because even though the beginning of this episode started with me saying I'm allergic to cats, um, her, her cat was living at her mom's house, and I, I don't think... You know, I I think I think her mom was happy to have Hannah take her cat back, uh, without without giving. I don't you know there was there was no no drama, but anyway, long story short, the cat uh, lives in my house now, and uh, you know the cat was like rolling around on the floor, and Hannah was saying like, oh yeah, the cat's just like leaving its scent on the house, and. Uh, I was thinking, well, I guess humans are a lot like cats because there's five scented candles lighting in this house right now. And there wasn't any scented candles before you moved in. So, I think um, Hannah's scent is now all over the house with a lot of scented candles. Because um, we went to Home Goods and spent a half an hour in the candle aisle uh, smelling scented candles. Um, which, uh, it was actually fine. You know, I think, I think a lot of, a lot of comedians make jokes about women and candles. Um, whereas I'm happy to just be living in the punchline and being completely comfortable with it. You know? Um, okay guys. So now I'm actually in my car on the Shelter Island Ferry and I was going to try to do I was going to try to do this before I left Hannah's parents' house because I wanted to get it up as soon as possible, but I was just too paranoid about waking people up in the house. Because, um, you know, when you get into it, you get passionate about it. You, um, you know, you, you just can't stop yourself getting loud. So I said, you know what, let me just get on this first ferry. It's 5.37 a.m. This first ferry leaves at 5.40 a.m. And um, I'll get home. I'll be back home by 6.40 a.m. 20 minutes to upload because I already edited 
the Enya Martin chat that you just listened to. So I know that you guys just listened to that. But that I, I have all that edited already. So just this intro and then this extra bit is popping up. And it'll be up by what was, because this is all past tense for you, approximately 7.30 a.m. in my car on the first tee for 8 o'clock tee time. I know you think I'm an asshole because golf just seems to be an elitist sport, but it's really not. And uh, happy days. It's all done. So as I was telling you before, I kind of got too paranoid about the... You know, the my voice. Hannah moved in and we were at Home Goods. And, you know, I was kind of into it. And I'll tell you why I was into it. Because even though some people would think that there's major red flags to being this kind of in it together this quick, where you're in Home Goods buying, uh, well, Home Goods and Target. And Home Goods, we bought some candles. Home Goods actually was a disappointment for me. For those that are familiar with Home Goods, apparently, like people rave about Home Goods. It was a disappointment for me. We got some candles and I bought some plum jam. We really didn't get much else. But then we went to Target. I mean, Target is like, Target's like the best thing ever. And in Target, we got a lot of shit. New comforter for the bed. Um, and I'll tell you about the bed in a sec. But anyway, long story short, uh, I wasn't freaked out about this home goods slash target situation because the whole time we were in both supermarkets we were just like joking around making each other laugh making jokes about the fact that our relationship escalated from not knowing each other to buying candles in two and a half months you know and we were just having a good time being stupid you know which is part of um part of the attraction i think for both of us is that we're both quite silly um even though Hannah always jokes that there's this great TikTok where at the beginning you meet somebody and it's just like, he's so funny, he always makes me laugh. And then like six months later, it's like, everything's a fucking joke to you, innit? Everything's a fucking joke to you, innit? So possibly, you know, that'll happen. Um, so the other, the other f- thing that we, we accomplished together was one of the beds there's been a bed in one of the bedrooms in West Hampton that has been annoying me for years it has the most annoying bed frame and it it makes a fucking ton of noise and Aiden was sleeping in that room while he was there and I was like Aiden we got to get rid of this fucking bed and we ended up not doing it so the minute Hannah moved in I was like fuck it I'm getting a king and I'm getting rid of this fucking bed so uh we got a King flat pack King from Amazon with these Zinus memory foam mattresses, which are cheap, but I fucking love them. Absolutely love these, uh, these memory foam mattresses. They're like firm and they're cheap and they come in like a little box and then they just slowly open up like magic when you get them. And the bed frame's a King and it's flat pack. Got to assemble. So I said to Hannah, whatever evening it was, it was a nighttime installation assembly I said if we get through this together without an argument if we assemble DIY furniture together and don't have an argument then you know that this relationship was meant to be because you know those things can be frustrating and there can be a lot of control issues and who's right and who's wrong Uh, now luckily this was an easy one but I have to say no arguments and we had a moment and this is not 
me blaming her or her blaming me, but she fucked up. Just for the record, she fucked up and instructed me because she she was the instructions woman. She instructed me to place one of the screws in the backside of the headboard, whereas it should have went through the front. However, we discovered the problem. We 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 figured out the problem despite the fact that the inside of the headboard had actually come off when we screwed out and we didn't realize what that was for a while so it just looked like we had one strange screw but we figured it out we got that off we inserted it back in and the, the bed was assembled to perfection and even though we had one moment where there was a tiny mistake we did not have an argument and we consummated that freshly assembled bed and the love was stronger, not weaker. No questions, no sense of, oh, fuck, what are we getting into? No. DIY assembly test, check. So that was a major positive. Um, the funny thing is that Hannah is not uh, like a tidy person. And I'm really super untidy. Uh, but it's funny, she has taken on the role of the tidy, concerned person. Uh, but it's more like a motivator rather than an actual tidier. So now I have a um, a being tidy life coach who doesn't really do much of the tidying, but she does she does kind of like guide you to ways that we can be more tidy, uh, which is fantastic. Now I got a dumpster. If you saw my Insta story, uh, the you know the, there was a there was a, there was a big rush to throw out as much shit as possible. I know that there are millennials among you that will be upset that I didn't donate slash recycle a lot of stuff, but honestly, a lot of stuff was destroyed by Flynn. A lot of stuff, uh, it's just not donatable. And yes, I guess there was some stuff that's in that dumpster that I could have recycled and hands up. I, I it, it was, a, you know, sometimes when you do these big clear out jobs, you know, it's just easier to just throw it in a dumpster, and I'm admitting that, okay? Uh, for those of you who are actually have done big clearouts, you will know that it's fucking satisfying to get a dumpster and just go, go, go. Because the thing about a dumpster is it makes you throw out shit that you probably wouldn't have thrown out. And, you know, it's a, it's a fucking satisfying uh, to clear it out. But, you know, I have been getting a great laugh because, like, my neighbors will walk by and they'd be like, what's going on? And I'll be like, my new girlfriend walked in. And everybody, a <laughs> new girlfriend moved in. And they're all just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, like everybody gets it straight away. There's no sense of, and, and why are you throwing stuff out if your new girlfriend moved in? They're all just like, oh, all right, okay. Out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> so uh, that's been sad. I mean, listen, I, I've always been tidy for other people. I've never been tidy for myself. So I, I, I appreciate the motivation slash necessity of 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 being tidier, you know. Um, I'm just getting off the ferry here, just in case I, I seem a little distracted. Um, uh, so I, I appreciate the motivation of of being tidier, and uh, we'll see if we can keep it up. I mean, the the, the thing for me always is because this is actually the third dumpster in like five years that I that I've had. the The first dumpster was the right size. The second dumpster sadly was too small. So there's actually still stuff. That's going into this dumpster that was meant to be going into the last dumpster in terms of um, the uh, 
the fuck? Isn't there anything? There's nothing worse than when like a bag is on the fucking the passenger seat and it thinks that it's a human and it's giving you the fastened seatbelt warning, which is. Oh my God! See, you got to be careful because a deer just ran across the road. So I'm driving now, by the way, guys. But it, you know, it's safe. It's not like being on a mobile phone. But I am going to make you wait for one second while I while I throw this shit on the ground so that the fucking seatbelt light isn't going off. Because uh, my computer, I guess, was too heavy, and it was it's triggering the the fastened seatbelt thing, which is just so fucking annoying. I mean, do me a favor. Do me a fucking favor here. And shut up. All right, I'm going to have to pull over and deal with this. Oh, it's gone. Thank God. Thank God. So I appreciate the... Oh, yeah, so this is the third dumpster. And every time... Every time I, you know, do a clear out and a reorganization or, like, somebody else gets involved, I'm always, like... This is great now. Now we can keep the place tidy, but somehow it just doesn't stay tidy. So this time, hopefully, with Hannah living there with me, we can stay on top of it, you know? Um, she did move in with a cat. Now, I'm allergic to cats. Um, it's not the worst allergy, but it's not a nothing allergy either, you know, in that I know all about it when there's cats around. Um I haven't experienced much in uh, in, in uh, reaction to Hannah's cat butter in the house so far, but apparently, you know, like the 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 danders or something. It's not the hair. I always thought it was the hair. It's the danders. Wonderful Google discovery. The danders, I guess, build up over time. But we'll we'll try to stay on top of that. But cats are are very interesting because, well, certainly this cat. People say to me like, "What's it like to have a cat?" And I'm like, well, it's quite like not having a cat because you never see them. Because, you know, she just hides all the time. Now, she's a particularly sort of scaredy cat cat, but she just hides a lot, you know, under couches and under beds. And uh, she doesn't come out that much. She only really comes out with Hannah, but she won't spend much time with Hannah if I'm around. You know, she's kind of like, you know, she's like one of those needy friends that like tries to ruin a relationship. Now, I'm not suggesting Butter is trying to ruin a relationship. I'm just really trying to joke about needy friends. I think we all know that that friend that's like, you, you know, if you're, if I feel like it's more of a, a female thing, but when a woman meets a guy and, like, really falls for a guy, there, there tends to be that friend that's, like, very needy and, like, is always kind of, like, in the way or, like, pulling them away from you. So you have a situation where they're like, I really need to spend time with with whoever. You know, I haven't spent time and she's upset that we're spending so much time together. You know, and it's like, uh-oh, this isn't going to end well. And then eventually, you know, they realize that she's a fucking lunatic. You know, and she was, like, obsessed with you. Uh, and now I'm not suggesting anything negative about Butter other than she... She, she needs just Hannah time. She doesn't want Hannah and Des time. She needs just Hannah time. And, you know, the cat's going to have to try to navigate her fear and just be a bit more outgoing with me around. Because I think she'll have a happier life, you know. And I'll navigate the fact that I have an immune response to her dander. And apparently her urine as well. But can I also just point out how easy cats are? I mean, like, we went into the city 
on Wednesday night because she was doing an episode. Uh, well, she was doing something. I don't want to give up. You know, sometimes I don't know what I'm allowed to say and not say. So she was doing a podcast, and then in the morning she was doing some other, you know, TV stuff. And then we drove back, and that's what happened. I drove back from the city, got to our parents' house. I took a fucking Benadryl, and I passed out. But, which is why it's 5.50 a.m., and I'm on the uh, the beach road in Sag Harbor. Uh, so... Then I passed out, and now it's only now that I'm on my way back to the house. There's been two nights we haven't been in the house, and this fucking cat's been in the house on its own, and she's going to be fine. She's going to be absolutely fine. Like, when I think about fostering dogs and just how much work they are, I can understand why some people prefer cats. I mean, cats don't do as much for me as dogs, but that's fine. I mean, there's no secret there. I'm more of a dog guy. But at the same time, you can't... You can't uh, but love the simplicity of looking after cats. Jeez, there's not much to it at all. So, I'm on my way back to Butter. Not the, you know, I'll run in the house. I won't see Butter. The first, the first morning, I was I was up early as always. I'm up first, and I went to the beach, did a few things. And when I came back, I was looking for the cat. Couldn't find the cat anywhere. I was fucking convinced. That I had left the door open, you know, like that I wasn't paying attention, left the door open in the morning and the cat got out. I was like, oh God, don't do this to me. Jesus Christ. Like of all the things to happen, I lost the cat on day one. Like a half hour it took me. And then finally in the, like the deepest corner under one of the lowest beds, I see something that might be the cat, but like it could be anything. It could be an old sweater. So I just threw something into the corner and lo and behold it was a living thing Jesus Christ I mean I was I was freaking out I was like this is it now this is a a major drama just to start you know she shouldn't have moved in I lost the fucking cat why are you doing to this why are you doing this to me Lord why but it was fine um it was fine so anyway it's only been eight days and obviously last night we weren't in my house uh, and uh, Hannah's Hannah's parents came because Hannah's mom is like an organizer expert. So Hannah's mom was in the house, and Hannah and Hannah's mom were walking around the house like fucking contractors, <laughs> like a checklist. This 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 has got to go. Uh, this anyway, I'm only kidding. Hannah's mom is a great organizer. So that's it. I mean, there's no turning back now. When two generations of burners are fucking all up in your house, it's over. You know? Fucking three-second pin down, WWF, to show my age. Game over. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff about moving. But we haven't had any, like, moving in stresses just yet. So, I can't really... I can't really share those. Plus, we're in the honeymoon period still, you know. And I, I do think moving in together will uh, will uh, uh, put a bit of extra pace on the honeymoon period. Probably shorten the honeymoon period, I would think. But at the same time, uh, both Hannah and I feel like, well, you know, at this age, I mean, I'm 44, but, you know, she's still 29. You know, like, it's just an age where you think, fuck it. You might as well find out quick. You know, even though I, I've heard people argue in the past that the, the trick to a long and healthy relationship is to not live together. Because it's just all the it's all the mundanities that 
that build up like toothpaste position toothbrush position and you know why didn't you rinse the oatmeal off the bowl now it's rock hard stuff that type of stuff can take up too much headspace in your relationship you know but I'm, I, I, I also think that you know you can find out quick whether it's proper or proper real and so far so good I mean it helps that Hannah's quite busy and I'm not so I can actually like I can take on a little bit of a supporting role like drive her around I mean <laughs> it's bad enough that whenever there's like if people if there's like an article about us or like a picture up on Instagram people make jokes about uh, me being old enough to be her father or look like I'm old enough to be her father and then I'm like driving her around <laughs> I'm like driving her to fucking the city and back you know it's like I need a lift so whatever if that's your thing I guess it's pretty hot <laughs> The, the whole the whole daddy thing which I you know I don't quite understand how that's kicked off as much as it has you know that the whole sort of Z-A-D-D-Y has become like a hashtag but I mean it works in my favor I guess there seems to be a lot less pushback on the age gap than there possibly would have been 20 years ago there seems to be a, a, a real comfortability with uh, a younger woman being with an older guy these days like it's a thing but it's certainly not a thing between Hannah and myself. We're we're very we're very comfortable with our attraction to each other, so that's fine. Uh, I mean, I guess that's it, really. I just wanted, yeah, I, I'd like to talk to Steve about it, but the, you know, timing-wise, it just hasn't worked out. Um, I just I couldn't I couldn't get it organized. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could have done it yesterday afternoon, but you know, Steve also has you know, a partner and a child and I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of taking up too much of his time. So I said, I would just talk to myself about it. I mean, I could have talked to Hannah too, but she certainly wasn't going to talk about it at 5 a.m. And, you know, and I, I passed out at like eight o'clock last night and never woke up. I was, it was just supposed to be a nap. I was just supposed to have a nap. It's very embarrassing actually. But I did crash once in Australia sleeping behind the wheel, so I'm very conscious of not driving when I'm too tired. 2012, I fell asleep and slammed into a tree. Now, I, I didn't get hurt, but the car was totaled. And uh, so I didn't want to do anything too stupid, too crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, the Enya app. Um by the way, I did overnight oats for Hannah. You know, I'm not I'm not a cook guy. I'm not a big into cooking. Oh, Hannah also cooked me a meal. That's the more important thing. You know, just in case you think I'm living in domestic bliss. Hannah's first meal for me. She she boiled some pasta. And she had bought this sausage from Best Market, which turned out to be like not the most suitable sausage. It was like chicken apple sausage, a very sweet sausage. And um she boiled the pasta well and then she took the jar of sauce that we purchased she poured it on the pasta with the sausage cut up that she had microwaved so she microwaved the sausage cut up the sausage threw the sausage and the pasta in on top of the pasta and then served up the dinner which I hadn't seen 
But when I started eating it, I was like, why, why is this cold? And she was like, well, I just poured the sauce on top of the pasta. And I was like, why didn't you uh, heat up the sauce? And she was like, well, there's no need. And, I, you know, I mean, it was fine. It tasted fine. Uh, but I, I, I was like thinking, I'm pretty sure that my reaction is the correct reaction, that this is not the optimum way to do this. And luckily, I was in the presence, in her presence when she told Paige and when she told her mom. And both of their reactions was very much in line with my reaction, which was, this is a poor job at the simplest of dishes. Uh, you have to heat up the fucking sauce. Okay, can we all admit that? You have to heat up the sauce. We had a good laugh about it, though. No argument. But you have to heat up the sauce. And, you know, I, I, I did not fall for Hannah under any expectations that she would be good at cooking. In fact, I had an expectation that she wouldn't be. And I, I am definitely not either. However, the only thing I have done is I did soak, I did some overnight oats. I, I soaked it in oat milk with, with a bit of apple cider. Not, not alcoholic apple cider, just regular apple cider for a bit of sweetness. Because uh, I used to soak it in total apple juice and it was always a bit too sweet for a lot of people. I mean, I like it sweet. So I soaked it in oat milk and apple cider and overnight and uh, I always find the trick with overnight oats is to not, to not do too much. You know, don't put in too much liquid because it can get too sort of like, just too liquidy. And I think on this occasion I got the uh, I got the amount right. And uh, then I I mixed it up the following morning with some some natural yogurt. I don't like to overdo the natural yogurt because you can always add natural yogurt to your own liking when you're actually doing your own bowl. And in Target. When myself and Hannah were in Target killing it, we bought uh, numerous toppings for the overnight oats. Um, and obviously, buying a trail mix is a, is, is a smart way to go. However, you've got to be really careful because a lot of these trail mixes are too salty or they have the chocolate bits in them. So be careful not to get the chocolate bits. I, never, I don't really personally understand the chocolate in the trail mix. However, there may be some people listening that absolutely love the chocolate in the trail mix and more power to you. But I'm more of just a craisins nut guy. I'm a craisins nut guy. Everybody knows that I'm a craisins nut guy. I'm crazy for craisins. Uh, so I got, um, if you're ever in Target, if you're American and you're listening to this, the Omega-3 uh, Target um, uh, trail mix is, in my opinion, a very good accompaniment to your overnight oats. I also bought some extra craisins. We brought some uh, some some dried mangoes, some some dried plums, I think. Uh, numerous things that you could put on. Uh, coconut flakes. And uh, I put on... I put a little trail mix, a little craisins, some coconut flakes, and uh, the, the dried plums, and another dollop of natural yogurt, some honey, and boom. Man, the overnight oats was a great success. So it's one nil on the food prep stuff. However, I feel that I cheated because overnight oats, there's really nothing to it. Although, may I say... There's nothing to fucking boiling pasta and heating up a bit of sauce and throwing the sausage in there. But uh, who would not love the ability to have a funny story? And if you think I'm throwing Hannah under the bus on this, I've already heard her speak twice on two podcasts already throwing herself under the bus, which is why I feel uh, completely liberated to drop this story on you guys. Uh, for the big Hannah fans, 
I think you'll be disappointed that this is the third time that you're hearing the sauce thrown over the pasta story. But uh, that's that's just the nature of two podcast people going out with each other. Uh, they t- they well certainly Hannah and I speak about our relationship, you know, quite a bit. Uh, which during a pandemic is no surprise because there's fuck all else going on in life. So what the hell else are you going to talk about? Um, if anybody's looking for a um, a sense of where I am, I've uh, just taken a left off of Noyak Road onto North Sea Road, um, heading back to West Hampton. Um, and yeah... Again, I said it before. I guess that's it. Now now I guess that's it. I mean, I don't really want to get off because I'm driving. I feel like once I hang up this mic, hang up this mic, once I put the mic down, that, uh, you know, it's it's I'm going to be on my own and bored. And even though you're not here with me, I feel like you're with me. You, the listener. You know, so I, I don't like ending the conversation, but I just... I feel like I've given a fair synopsis of um, the early eight days of Hannah moving in. Uh, No drama just yet. So listen, we'll be back next week. Got a couple of potential eps coming up. I got got one in the can uh, with a lawyer friend of mine. It's uh, a little bit about uh, race in America. And then um, I'm going to find some some exciting guests. We'll try to get Hannah back on. um, And uh, we'll see what's up. Joanne's going to be on once a month for those that are asking about Joanne. So it'll be a couple of weeks before Joanne's back. And, um, yeah, any suggestions, guys, of guests or topics or questions you have for myself and Steve, uh, don't be afraid to send them. DM me at Bishop. DM Steve at hello Steve O. Um, you can also, yeah, just use Instagram. That's kind of where we're at these days. I mean, I'm on Facebook, but not as much as uh, I'm on Instagram. So send us a message, some feedback. Don't forget to leave reviews. We love the reviews. Thank you very much on iTunes. Take screenshots on Spotify. Um, you know, I don't hear the Now TV sponsorship stuff, um, but I wish I had known when I recorded that Now TV sponsorship thing that all episodes of Summer House are on Now TV. Can you believe it? We're sponsored by Now TV, and the episodes of Summer House are on Now TV. Did Now TV know that when they asked me? I don't. I I I think I I need to tell them and re-record it. Because this is huge. I should have said that at the beginning. I'll say it again next week. Not that I'm dying for you to watch Summer House. Summer House, by the way, for those that don't know, is the show that Han is on. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a lover of Summer House. Summer House calls me a lot of stress. But I love the fact that it's helped Hannah's career. And... Uh, so I, I won't speak ill of, uh, of of Summer House, and I also, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Am I dying for everybody to watch Summer House? Because there's some like you know, there's some there's some stuff on it that I've never seen, but I know about it. I'll never be watching. I'll tell you that. But uh, 
But for Irish people that are curious about this person that I've been talking about, Summer House is on Now TV. So there you go. I guess that's how some Irish people are watching it because I have had numerous messages from Irish people being like, oh, my God, I can't believe you and Hannah are together. It's like a, a big thing, you know. Um, also, I think most people know this, but my tour is postponed till the new year. And um, I, have, I have been getting messages because I think some of the websites, including my own, by the way, I apologize, have not updated the dates. So no shows in 2020 for me. Um, that is based on the what I think is smart assumption that there's no way we'll be back to full capacity shows in 2020 and I just yeah I just don't see the point of the other types of shows plus Me and Mom is such a special show I want to do it right so let's hold off till 2021 and uh, we'll keep in touch via the podcast and social media and uh We'll see if we can really take this relationship to the next level. And then the show Post Me a Mama will be like, I guess, a relationship show. Anyway, whatever, guys. I'm just rambling. I'm on 27 now. You know, I'm like next to Shinnecock Golf Club. If you're looking for a sense of place. And uh, I'm going to get off. So thanks. We'll chat next week. Peace. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.